What's up, everybody? I am Adam Frex, and you are listening to Talking Dynasty. All right, folks, and we are back today. I am joined by Reese. How's it going? And Money Mayo. One and only. Thank One you, and sir. Only Money Mayo, absolutely. Uh, I, so, so I posted this on Facebook earlier just because it, it just kind of wanted to kind of get the feel of where the city's at, especially when it comes on the Chiefs, or at least kind of online um, Chiefs fans uh, when it comes to Facebook. Uh, and we'll, we'll start with you, Mayo. Uh, what is it? So I, I preface it this way because obviously we know the defense needs to not be as shitty. Right. So other than the defense performing better, what is the thing that needs to happen for the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl? Other than the defense? Other than the defense. Because the, the defense is a given. Like, if the defense is placed better, top 15. And, and like, that was going to be my answer, but so we'll take the defense out of the equation. Which I think is the answer to everything, right. no matter what. Right, and I think it's just the overall defense that would be my answer. But if we're taking the defense out of the equation there, uh, the key for us to get to the Super Bowl this year is make sure Mahomes is standing and throwing for all 16 games. And he's got a clean pocket, and he does what he does for the most part of the So yours would be almost based on the offensive line, ensuring that they keep Mahomes yep. Yep. upright and not on and, his ass. And, and we've seen plenty of plays last year where Mahomes broke out of the pocket, and he was one of the best quarterbacks outside the pocket last year. Right. But So, yeah, definitely offensive line, but just Mahomes not taking that typical step back sophomore year. Even though it's his third year, but it's his second year starting. Right. He doesn't need to have a sophomore slump this year. And even if he did, though, I mean, what? I bet you he'd still be a top 35 three. touchdowns. Right. I mean, that's, that's 15 less touchdowns than he scored last right. year. Or so, which, right. you know, that would be considered right. a slight slump. But still, you're still talking top five quarterback. Yeah. With and, I mean, five. you're bringing back pretty much everybody on offense. And yep. you're bringing back everybody on the offensive coaching staff. You know, so there's not real no big change there. So, as long as, yeah, the offensive line does what they're supposed to do. And he's standing up all 16 games, and he's chucking it. Al Mahomes chucks it. Yeah, that's the key right there. What yeah, do you think? I agree with him on that, man. Uh, I definitely agree. Uh, definitely offensive lineman needs to hold him up, keep him healthy, you know. Uh, one thing I did notice uh, last season with him is uh, he, do, he does like to throw some passes that like are like really uh, tight, and you kind of could tell it's like oh, he's a rookie into his first year, and just better clean passing and uh, – Right. Just his offensive line, keeping him healthy, and so like maybe more. You know, that's actually a great point. He's willing to make a dangerous pass, yeah. which he has the arm for. But it, it can and also, accuracy, though, right? It, but it, it, at some point, it is going to backfire. Yeah. But it, it's one of those things. I think he's good enough. So you know what? My biggest thing is, I think it's going to be. It's because maybe it's because I'm not big on this guy. I think it's the running game, man, I, because I, I think that Mahomes actually needs to, if his stats are up to 45, 50 touchdowns, it's because, A, our defense isn't what we was hoping it to be, and, B, it's because we don't have that 1,000-yard back because I truly don't think Williams is that 1,000-yard back. I am not I am not on that Williams train to where it's like, no matter what, we can plug him in for 16. He's going to get you 1,000 yards rushing and a 1,000 yard or a 600 yards receiving, like, that's what scares me. I think we need to be more ball control heavy, like just not so air it out, be able to control the clock, So, which I think will help Mahomes stay healthy and also will help the offensive line 
be that much better. Yeah, but you look in Andy Reid's history, he's always been a pass-heavy type of guy. You know what I mean? True. Very much and so. He's always been. You know, you're an yep. Eagles fan, bro. He's he's always been pass-heavy. And I'm not, like, in love with Damian Williams as our starting running back. I don't think it's a bad option, but I'm not in love with it. Whereas I'm sitting here and looking at this board and looking at this depth chart, like, like Lee was – Big on Daryl Williams last year, right? You know, right? And and I think he's a good heavy back. Um, I'm really intrigued by Carlos Hyde getting signed. I was not a big Hyde fan when he was in San Francisco. I thought he was serviceable. I put him in the same category as Damian Williams. The one that the one the wild card for me is this Thompson kid that we drafted this year. It's just from you know, and I don't want to throw expectations out there, or anything like that. But just from game tape. And as much of a draft nut as I am, when he got drafted, I went right to his game tape. Like, he's very impressive. Very impressive. And I think he could be, like, a dark horse this year. Like, on the top of your board there, he said, who will end the season? And not to drift off, but who will end the season? And starting running back, like, that could be the kid I could see, like, first and second down, he's out there. See, and that's uh, – I had responded to somebody with, with Williams. Like, so I – I don't know how can I say this. I think if he ends up as a starter for all 16 games, our running production is going to be a little more disappointing than we wanted because I don't think that he's the elite running back. Like You know what I mean? And granted, not all teams. The Patriots don't have an elite running back, but they have an, they had an elite running game. You right. know what I mean? No, absolutely. They, absolutely. They still ran the ball down your throat, which you know we saw that in the fourth quarter. Um, for me, it's kind of like I need one of these other guys – to take over for Williams, like just kind of, just be better. Just at, I won't say athletically, but just kind of be a better running back. Uh, that's where hopefully something with Thompson happens. Uh, but it's one of those things. He looks really good, and even as like a fucking physical specimen, uh, just Holmes dude's absolutely just cut. ripped. Yeah, he's but, cut. Um, it's, I think Hyde can be a wild card, man. Because so when we first uh, signed Hyde. I was like, I bet you he ends up as the starting running back towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And and now as kind of times went by, I've kind of tampered those expectations right. to where I could even see Hyde get cut, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen at all, but it's one of those things where – You would be surprised. Yeah, it's just it's, it, he's an older running back. Right. It's just kind of like if you can't offer something, like you guys were saying, Andy's kind of pass heavy, dude. Mm-hmm. And if you can't catch out of the backfield, right. you have a rough spot right. to right. catch on this oh, team. Yeah. So, uh, so for like he, for me, he's probably the best pure runner that we have as far as just just pure running, handing the ball off to him. Uh, how healthy is he going to be? And like, who is he now at twenty nine, thirty years old? Right. Uh, so, so that would be my number one worry when it comes to pretty much the Chiefs' offense is. Can we have that dynamic running back that we've had ever since Andy Reid's been here with Jamal Charles to uh, Kareem Hunt? You know what I mean? That's pretty much we handed off one to the other. There was a little spot fill-ins, and that's kind of how I look at Damian Williams is kind of that Spencer Hyde, Sharkhandrick West type of stop spot fill-in because we can scheme you in and because Andy Reid is such a good quality coach – you can damn near put any running back up there, and he's going to have some type of success. So oh, yeah. I just uh, – we'll see. That's that's my biggest worry. Uh, a lot of people would like to bring it back to that Indianapolis game where he had a hundred and some odd yards rushing and looked really good. 
but for me that's such a small sample size um, because if, if you think about after Kareem Hunt for me after he left what game was we able to just like dominate from the very beginning run the ball control the clock right. once the third and fourth quarter comes in clock management comes a part of it which we know Andy Reid struggles yeah. with ever since he's been in the NFL. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah exactly. He's been a coach, right? he, he doesn't. It, it's, so not to be completely off subject and go to Andy Reid, I think what kind of Reid's problem is sometimes he plays that clock management in the third quarter instead of the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and then that allows teams to get back in in the fourth quarter. Now you got to go back to balls to the wall because right. he's trying to cl- milk the clock in the third quarter trying to get the game over. So that that's my biggest thing. And maybe it won't happen because Andy Reid is our head coach. Yeah, you know he is I mean? a great coach. Yeah, but the clock management's always oh, yeah. been his problem. Oh, yeah. since ever I've watched since it since Philly. Yeah, that can damn you can damn near say that's what lost Philly the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like no. I mean, you can make yep. a huge argument for it. I mean, right. other than McNabb throwing up on the field. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my man T.O. was out there with a broken leg, five bro. catches, hundred thirty yards, and a touchdown. So I just. Ugh. But it was clock management that game. Yeah, yeah I agree. It was, clock man- it was clock management that game, man. And, and Andy Reid, that's like his Achilles heel. Like, And it's crazy because you watch these Chiefs games and you'll look at Reid and he'll be looking up at the clock. And you're just like, bro, it's first down. Why are you coming out five wide when we're up two touchdowns? Right. Two scores or whatever the case may be. With ten minutes left. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's... Like, it blows your mind. It blows your mind. when it, So, uh and, and, and with all the successful offensive coordinators we had, like, I know they weren't uh, calling plays, but you would think, like, I don't know if it's a respect factor or what, but someone to come up to Andy Reid and be like, bro, I'm taking this over, Let's bro. go. Yeah. <laughs> your, your track record yeah. says, yeah, we bro. don't need to do this with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? And, and as I'm sitting here looking at this board, and, and it's something that's uh, even before the draft and coming out of last season – uh, another thing that like kind of worries me and would be skeptical, skeptical. I can't even say the word, bro. Skeptical. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Let's edit that one out. Of of us getting to the Super Bowl is our wide receivers, and so that's where that's where Tyree Kill comes yeah. involved. And Watkins, and you know, Sammy's came out and he's like damn near guaranteed. So like, oh, I'm playing 16 this year. And this is going to be my best year, and like. That's tough to swallow. Like, as a player, you should say that every season. No, you should. But as your track record for Sammy Watkins, yep. we don't believe you, bro. When no. Sammy's 100% healthy, he's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. When he's when he's on his game and he's healthy. You can talk me into that conversation. Top 10. Not even top 5, but he's top 10. Yeah, you can talk me. I probably would think top 15, Yeah, top I'd 20. say top 15, top yeah. 20. Um, as far as athletically, especially coming out of what, Clemson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he has all the ability in the world. It's just that staying on the field is what right. always has killed that injury bug is exactly it's is real man so like and for him to have that injury bug and still get the contract that he received um no and i'm right there with you because okay you take hill out of the equation now that puts watkins as your number one receiver okay now watkins say he only plays 10 games that's six games that you're not granted hill's gonna we'll get to, to, to hill right. in a minute but uh if you take Hill and Watkins out of the equation, now you're talking about Demarcus Robinson, in my opinion, is your best receiver. Uh, Hardman, 
he might be more of a gadget player like Hill was his first year. Like, mm-hmm. I don't trust him to be the, the – He's going to be returning punts. Right. Him. He ain't going to be your route right. runner. So, who's your third receiver after that, man? Kemp, Pringle, Dieter? Like, it's – I, I don't think it – I don't – like, at this point, if it if it's not Robinson, like, like you said, we'll get to Hill. But let's just say for now, let's just say Hill serves two games, Okay. So you're rolling out Watkins, Hartman, and Robinson. So who's like that third or fourth guy? And to me, the guy's not even on the roster yet. I can see that. And not to do, for off subject here, but you know, I'm just sitting here looking at your board as we're going through this, and you're looking at cap room is 24 million. You know what I mean? Right. Like I think you need to go get a Crabtree. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'd actually be a good pickup, Crabtree. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Exactly. So I would think even if. Even if so, I would grab Crabtree even if they say, hey, hey, Hill's not getting any type of suspension at all. Um, Because I think that, especially with how run, or sorry, pass heavy that we are. And I'm a a fan of Robinson, man. I I think he can progress. Uh, But there's always that chance in the back of my head. Maybe we have seen him at his peak, like Conley did his. Like right. there, there was from Conley's first couple. And that's years, the camp I'm in with Robinson. Exactly. That's it's, that's all. Like I think we've seen the best of Demarcus Robinson. Exactly. So yeah. you, we may have a repeat of Chris Conley. So in that position, it's like kind of like you're really going to want uh, a veteran wide receiver, in my opinion, who who's going to be consistent. You know, not going to be your thousand yard receiver, but right. when it's third and. Nine, he's going to know how to run that route, and he's going to catch that ball. And he's a little bit of a dog, too, you right. know what I mean, which, which I think is important as a wide receiver going over the middle, especially in that slot. So so say we don't sign somebody off the street. Like, besides Robinson there, obviously. I mean, who else would you be looking at on the roster as of right now? Like, we've seen Marcus Kemp. We've seen Dieter. The, those are like special team guys, yeah. cut guys, right. like, you know what I mean? Right. I, I see one of them not even being a part of the team this right. year. Probably more Kemp than Dieter. Now and all, I base Dieter just purely being best friends with fucking Mahomes. Now through OTAs and you know all these Chiefs <laughs> websites and blogs and whatever, they've been saying this Pringle kid has like been really stepping up, really stepping up. So, you know. We don't sign somebody off the street. I hope it's come two weeks training camp starts that this kid comes out there and he shows that he could be. That's know. where I'm at because that's the name who keeps popping up for the Chiefs right. when it comes to other than Hardman, Watkins, and Robinson. Right. And even then it's kind of like those guys are out there, but Pringle's the one whose name keeps getting popped up as far as like who's who's uh, who's been doing something out. Granted, it's OTAs and mini camps, so it's kind of hard to, hard to tell. Um uh, to move on, like another kind of key position is that backup tight end, man. So, like other than Kelsey, like your, your number two tight end is going to get quite a bit of playing time. Look how much time uh, Demetrius Harris got. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't do shit with it, mm-hmm. but I mean, the, I, I can't say he didn't do shit. He progressively did get better each season because you could say last season was his best season, but even then. Hands of stone still. Or right. if when he did catch the ball, he fucking fell down <laughs> immediately. But uh, well, That's what you get for converting a basketball player. And that's true, and turning him into your second tight end. Right. We uh, have no names behind Kelsey. Well, and I, see, and I'll differ, I'll differ from you there because I like Bell. And I like the Blake, Blake Bell pickup. I did. I mean, he is your 
he is your prototypical number two tight end. Like, he is not going to, obviously not with Kelsey on the roster, but he, any roster, I don't think he would push for that number one spot. You know what I mean? I think he's going to come in and he's going to, you know, when he's on the field, the word I like to use a lot, he's going to be serviceable. You know, right. he's going to block when he, you know, when he needs to block. And I think he'll be, I think he'll be better than Harris. I mean, and that's, you know, that's a dig at Harris because we've seen what we had with him. But, right. Uh, but, but I'm in the same breath and in the same conversation, like, I I still think we do need to go get another tight end. You know? Much agreed. Yeah. we got to get another tight end in there somewhere. And whether that's to push playing time for Bell or. Right. So, for me, it's just like I, I could see you use Bell situational-wise. Like, just yeah. kind of having uh, – that that another tight end that's kind of that that you know that you can lean on. For me, Bell hasn't had enough playing time, and he's also been injury prone because mm-hmm. he's playing for what Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. He's also been injury prone, so like that. At that point, you lose Bell. You're talking about Yelder, Kaiser, and Wells. Those guys. Yelder was on the team last year. Those other two guys, no fucking idea even what their first names are. Right. I only know their first initial because be I wrote them down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like. So it so that that position does scare me. Um, so I got into the argument. I'm not sure if you listened to the last podcast, Mayo, but I got into the argument with Lee and John. <clears throat> Their idea guy to bring in was Antonio Gates. No. <laughs> uh, nah. So for me, I'm it's straight. like you're talking about a 398 pound Antonio Gates who runs about five yards, and yeah, he, yeah he'll catch the ball, but. Nine times out of ten, he's not going to be open, and he's not going to give you any playmaking ability other than – so what I had told them was, okay, you want to talk about second and goal as a three? Mm-hmm. For him to slip out, he's a veteran, knows how to play. I said, but even then, that's not your backup tight end. You're talking about a three tight end set, bringing in a guy like that who only offers such a little bit um to the team compared to uh shit even one of these younger guys you can roll with who has some type of athletic ability still yeah. just so uh, so as big of an NFL guy as I am like uh a team that jumps out to me with like really good tight ends on their rosters uh the Detroit Lions they took a tight end number 10 overall this year but then they also signed uh Jesse James the former Pittsburgh tight right. end and then they also have uh can't remember his name. He was a quarterback, and they converted him. Uh, Logan something. I have to look it up. Uh, but that could be like a team like I wouldn't be opposed to, and I could see Veach doing it because Veach is very active in trades and free agency and whatnot. I wouldn't be opposed to us trading a, a third or a fourth to go get that number two tight end. Kind of poach one of their tight ends away from Yeah, them. absolutely. I, I can see something like that happening. You know, that might happen. I mean, it's just kind of um, – I think we've been so enamored with Mahomes, we were we don't realize the rest of the holes that are on the offensive yeah. roster. So yeah. it's just kind of because from there, because even with uh, uh, offensive line, um, you're talking about uh, what's his name, um, the center Ryder. Yeah, Ryder Austin Austin Ryder. I thought he was good last year, but yeah, even no, then, it's just kind of. Uh, and who's your left guard? What? Duvernay Tardif plays left guard or right guard? He plays right guard. Right, right? guard, and your left guard was who was that? Cam Irving in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like, 
Yeah, no, I hear you. Maybe Mahomes can hide some of that, but it's just kind of like that. That's something for me that for what I would say probably more left guard than center because I did see Ryder play well enough that I felt comfortable with him. Probably uh, I don't want to say more so than Morse because I thought Morse was a really good center, especially when he was out there. I love Morse, I, I, and I was sad to see him go to Buffalo. Like I not for that contract. No, no, not and for he that. deserved it, but I yeah. was sad to see him. Ooh, go. I don't know, but with his his injuries, so like I, I when it, players get injured, man, it's just hard for me to be like, oh yeah. This guy's coming off a concussion protocol, and he played six games last year to offer him one of the richest contracts ever in the history for a center. Right, but when he's on the field, like, you know he's out there. You know what I mean? That's true. The announcers will mention his name in in a good way, in a positive way. Right. But, no, I see what you're saying. I mean, the kid, you know, he's been injured enough to where that that type of contract is. You got to let it go. Yeah, yeah. So, to to what obviously – what we need to happen to make the Super Bowl is defense. That's key. That's so. That's key, that and, key. That, and that's where it, it, it. The more questions tend to pop up, in my opinion. Um, what is? We'll, we'll start with you, Reese. Uh, what do you think is like the biggest hole in the Chiefs' defense? Uh. Yeah, I'll take one. We don't have any defensive players up there. Okay. Um. Just, just off, off the top of your head, man. Off the top of my head, probably. Uh... Hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll switch this up. All right. So, so I ask you, you from this standpoint, what do you think was a bigger acquisition? Do you think it was Frank Clark or Tyrone Matthew? Uh, I think Frank Clark was a good pickup. He's a great edge rusher. You know, he he's gonna definitely help out a lot. But uh, having Eric Berry out all the time and uh, having a secondary in at times, uh. I think Tyron Matthew might have been a better pickup just because it covers that spot, and you know he's healthy. You know he's a great player. You know he can, he can get the job done. They're both really good pickups. I like them both. Uh, but I think I, I'd probably go with Tyron Matthew on that one. So is Matthew how you pronounce it? I think so. I yeah, think you're it's... probably right, man, because I, I I've, I've kind of heard it both ways. But I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, man, I would have to agree with that because that. <clears throat> Like you were saying with uh, Eric Berry being gone, man. Ever since Berry was gone, we never had that anchor in that secondary. Exactly. That just, you know, that 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 was a beast. Uh, because I think if you have a guy like that, you can kind of, um, I don't want to say blanket the other guys, but at that point you can determine where that the offense has to play through because they don't want – so, like, when Barry was at his peak, they tried to kind of stay away from Barry. So, at that point, now you're playing one side of the field. You yeah. can kind of scheme towards that one side of the field. So, I, uh, like you're saying, I, I think it is Matthew who's kind of uh, uh, the key acquisition. What I was asking him was, who do you think is the bigger acquisition between uh, Matthew and Frank Clark? Well, even before I answer that question, bro, let me – that's a clap to the Chiefs organization for Chip turning around that whole All defense. defense this year. Oh, yeah. All defense. Because last year when they announced Sutton was coming back, and I know I've said it on previous podcasts, but it was just a big sigh across the city. Like, yeah, like, fuck. So this year for the whole Chiefs organization, one more time for the clap, for a new defensive coordinator, Shit, new – Yeah. It, it just, I knew as soon the, as I watched that Pats game and the Chiefs game, 
in the championship game, I knew the second that game in that defensive coordinator was getting fired. I, I knew it for a fact. He should have got fired weeks Wait, before that. Like, like, he should, well, because like we had talked about this on previous podcasts, he should have never came into this season as a defensive coordinator. Nope. Just nope. that that the asinine thinking, and maybe this this is where kind of Andy Reid maybe is too loyal. Is that to think that you're going to expect a different result? When we've only had one good season defensively of him as uh, defensive coordinator, and that's when fucking uh, Justin Houston damn near broke the sack record. Like that, that's not type of uh, expectations that you're going to have every year because it's not going to happen. That dude's going to have 23 sacks. He's probably going to have 12 to 15 max the next season, which is a huge fucking difference. It's going to make your defense worse because to expect that type of production again. It's damn near asinine, man. I, I don't want to stay on his name too long, man. I don't want to defer from the question, but one of the Achilles heels for Andy Reid also is I think he has a loyalty to coaches that he shouldn't have a loyalty to. Because when he was in Philly and the legendary Hall of Famer Jim Johnson, the defensive coordinator, unfortunately passed away, he made his offensive line coach the defensive coordinator. Yep. Just because he was loyal enough. So instead of going outside the circles, and he's a respected coach. I'm sure coaches would have lined up to come to Philly and coach with him in Philly. He decided to take his offensive line coach, who wasn't even all that good to begin with, and made him his defensive coordinator. So, like, I think that's kind of why he brought Sutton back. Like, he kind of over, you know, he went to Hunt and was like, look, I ain't asking for much here, but I run the show, you know. Sutton staying so and he, and it's not dude and I don't want to sit here and completely bash Sutton because the Chiefs still ended up leading the league in sacks if I'm correct right yeah they did you know what I mean like so it was bad we know that but I'm glad they turned it around and so it's now to answer back to your question here I think uh, no I think Tyron Matthew that's how I'm pronouncing his name. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. But I, yeah, me I, neither. I yeah. think across the league it's Matthew. Is it? I'm sticking with Matthew. Uh, I think that was a bigger acquisition, and by no means is it Matthew 1, Clark 2. I think it's Matthew 1A, Clark 1B. Like, it's just as big. Um, and I think and off the field, you know what I mean? Matthew went to, after all that time with the Texans, sorry, with the Cardinals, he went to Houston. And, like, his third camp, he became a captain of the team. So, to me, that speaks volumes. Like, he's out there. He's helping call and plays on the defensive side of the – I mean, he's holding guys accountable to make sure they're in position, so on and so forth. So, uh, and he's done everything I think what you expect a leader to do so far since he's been in Kansas City. Like, I've seen him in nothing but, like, good news. Like, nothing bad news, you know? So, as far as, like – so, I'll tell you this. I wasn't as huge on probably the Frank Clark deal as maybe other people were. Man. I, I wasn't. I wasn't big on him. I wasn't. For what we had given up, I just felt like you had the possibility to get a player who's going to be probably just as effective for, in my opinion. So, so like, it's not just the draft picks. It's the amount of money that you're giving up. And when you signed Frank Clark to that contract, you've also decided to – we're going to create Chris Jones this year. You've decided that you're going to trade him next year. I can almost guarantee it because you're not going to have $200 million uh, defense alignment. Like You just don't see it across the league. It's not going to happen. Exactly. So at this point, Chris Jones' writing is on the wall. He's 
damn near about done. So I think it's a franchise tag for Jones next year and probably a trade. Yeah, like, kind of like, like they did D Ford, right. and just like Seattle did uh, Frank Price, Clark. Right. Which you know, hey, I get. I kind of you're going to acquire some of those picks back, so I I, I kind of get that. It's just kind of so at that point, you're telling me that Frank Clark is a better player than Chris Jones. You know, what more impactful player uh, than Chris Jones defensively? Uh, it, it's it's. It's hard for me to believe that. You know what I mean? It's just kind of – maybe it's because I've seen so much of Chris Jones and I haven't seen much of Frank Clark. If Frank Clark isn't a 15-sack type of guy, it's a waste of money. Every like, year. like You have to be – yeah, every year. Every year. For what? Well, because he signed to a, what, four-year contract, yeah. five-year contract. So I'm expecting it. At least three years for me. you got to have at least 15 sacks right. a year. No, I was going to say in the 12 to 14 neighborhood, like at least. Yeah, minimum you got to be a double digit sack. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, for sure. If no, you yeah. if you don't have double digit sacks, that you're you've been a waste of money. You've yeah. been a waste of assets because, and so so like in this past heavy league now, getting that ten sacks isn't as I don't know maybe maybe I'm wrong isn't as prevalent as it was back in the day. Like when you got to those double digit sacks, that was a huge fucking feat. Exactly, yeah. it's kind of. It's, it's it's not as big of a deal now. It's like the, the number for me is maybe it's a 12, 13, 14 type of number. Um, I think if you're a number one defensive end, especially in the scheme that we're in, and you get paid that type of money, but we gave up 15 sacks is, is a lie. You know what I mean? Like, I'm right there with you. He needs to be a 15 sack guy. And not even the sacks. I mean, shit, man. Be a disruptive force. Right. So, where you'll get me the argument with, okay, maybe I'm cool with Chris Jones leaving. Because I made this argument last year and people was kind of like, what the fuck? I said, Chris Jones and Aaron Donald's overrated. Purely based on, from their position, um, they don't, they're not the run stopper that you need them to be from that position, especially from the defensive line. It's like, because what would Chris Jones have? How many sacks last year? 15, 14, 15? I think he would have been more effective if he would have had 10 to 12 because he would have been looking. I thought he looked too much to, to sack the quarterback right. every play. It is like a one-trick pony. Exactly, yeah. man. It's just kind of. So, in switching to the 4-3, I think the, the number of reason why we switched to a defensive coordinator that runs a 4-3 is because that New England game. Because they ran the ball right down our fucking throats. Just wasn't New England, though, bro. You no, know. it wasn't. But, no, I, but I, know I the, think that's what tipped the spotlight. Right, know? because if we go to the Super Bowl, guess who's coming back? Right. Bob Sutton. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. But just shit, I, almost in the Andy Reid era, like our fucking defense against the run has been piss poor. Piss poor. Yeah. Like Very piss poor. Piss poor. Uh, and, you know... I think they went to a 4-3 because, yes, that normal game, but because Spagnuolo came in, Spagnuolo's been in Reed's system before. Reed's going to be a lot more comfortable with him as a defense coordinator than maybe what Bob Sutton was, but in that same breath, I mean, how many times was the Chiefs defense on the field and Reed was sitting over there with Mahomes instead of, hey, what's going on? I'm on the sideline, I'm in the game, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's uh, – it's going to be quite a year. No, it, it is. It's, 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 I think, so like, and I've also asked, also asked this question on, and I'll ask you guys this too. 
Uh, what are your expectations rank wise for the Chiefs defense? Overall? Yeah, just kind of overall. What do you got? Like top, you know, 12th overall, 16th overall, 23rd overall. Top 12. You're big on them then. Like you, so you're, you're pretty big on this, the changeover. Yeah, the, I the definitely Matthew. like the changeover. It's definitely a good, both good pickups. Uh, I mean, you got a new defensive coordinator. Hopefully he works out. I didn't see much of him or, or his older years, but. Having them both picked up and having that cover spot, Eric Berry covered, and that, having that elite back, that back there, that, like Mayo said, having that leadership back there is definitely going to help out a lot. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, like, when Barry was on the field for them one or two games or whatever it was last year, like, look how much of a difference he made. Like, I think it was memorable for all Chiefs fans when Barry was on the field and he was yelling at. Who was he yelling at? Was he some, somebody. Whoever the safety remember. was lined up on the other side. Rob Parker, probably. Yeah, yeah. Son of a bitch. yeah, but yelling at him to get lined up where they need to be. So uh, I think Matthew will come in with the same energy. So you talk about defensive ranks and where we might be this year or whatever. You guys know what we ended at last year overall? 31st. 31st. Ooh. And still led the league in sacks. That's mainly because of our offense. If you, for me, it's. it's Look how many games we got up early, right. and then we was able to pin our ears back and just go towards the quarterback mm-hmm. because they had no other choice right. but to, to throw the damn ball. Right. I mean, so so for me, that's kind of an in, inflated stat because what other choice did you have to? Because for the amount of time that teams threw against us, if you didn't lead the fucking league, and, and with us being so – uh, thoughtful of getting after the quarterback, right. and that's it. I mean, is it, if we would have not been top five, it would have been like, what the fuck? Right. At that point, you just don't have the players who can get to the quarterback. Right. So. No, no, absolutely. So, I, not that I think the sack is overrated, but I think tackles for loss is more prevalent to kind of what you're looking for as a full team defense right. because, you know, it's – because tackles for loss goes as a sack too, but stopping the running back behind the line of scrimmage is Passes just added. right. Yeah. It's just just yeah. things like that, man. Yeah. It's just uh, it, to be the full team. So right, and the full defensive. Right, player. I, 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 with with the moves we made this year, I expect us to be at the very least a top ten defense. God damn, both of you guys. So like, maybe I'm a pessimist, man. I, 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 with, so, with, dude, so hold on. So to play devil's advocate, to both you guys are talking hopping twenty motherfucking teams. It happens every year. Ah oh, man. How many, how many times a year do we see a team go from worst to first? That's true, but as far as like defense positional wise, but you can talk to me maybe. Well, we like, got a new defensive coordinator, a new defensive end, a new safety, and both of those guys were top ten in their position. Yeah, very they, we put them both on our team. We got youth on our side now. You know what I mean? We've always had youth on our side. Other, okay, other than D. So we had well, those you know, Houston, Tamba, DJ. Right, okay, so, so you can talk me into that. But even then, other places, we've always been we've always been young. Like, I think I think we're I think we're in that number 10 neighborhood. Like, I don't think we're in, got, by no means, top three. But I think we're in that 10 to 12 neighborhood and more in the 10 spot, like, I expect this to be that. Because I think teams are going to come out and be like, you know, the Chiefs defense is punk bitches. 
watch this shit. You know what I mean? Like, what, Jacksonville, week one? I think, like, Nick Foles thinks he's going to come out and fucking... Put up 40 work around right. it. Right. And it just, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I got to disagree. I'm, I'm thinking at best top 20. Yeah, like like really? the, the number twenty itself. Yeah, so really? like so if you were to ask me like if you were to put like just one single number on it, I'm thinking like twenty two, twenty three, something in that number, which is still an improvement. You're talking about eight rankings above to where you was, no, yeah, and sure. and it's still sure. you know you're talking about a thirty percent improvement where the fuck you was at before. It's just kind of so it's hard for me to jump onto that top ten, top twelve, top fifteen because I was talking to John and. Uh, baby lungs and uh, they they were also on that boat of top 15 uh, you know what maybe maybe I'm wrong you can talk me into because we did sign Matthew and we did sign Clark and we also still have Jones that now you're talking about three super well should be superstar players definitely two in my opinion I don't I I, I don't know enough about Clark just on game film to be like oh he's definitely this uh, but I think even some of the like the non-superstar name pieces that we've added to defense. Like I'm a I'm a big Darren Lee fan. Are you? I'm a big Darren Lee okay. fan, bro. So but I just I think he know. got a raw deal in New York with the Jets. Like I don't think he fit that scheme. Like I think he's going to be good in the four three when he does play. I don't think I don't know if he'll be a starter or not. Uh, the kid. We got from Cleveland, Emmanuel, I can't pronounce it. Moody, not Moody, fucking, I'm thinking basketball player. Uh, oh, oh. Ogilvy or something. Yeah, shit. I can't yeah, pronounce no, no, it. We can talk about Yeah. The kid was the number, he was the number one pick of the second round just right. a couple years ago. Like, and he produced in Cleveland. So, we picked up some really, and then, uh, and, and this will be a subject that I really want to touch on, and I think you will also. Uh, we picked up Rashard Breland. Yep. At corners, bro. Like, Which I think is going to be an improvement over Nelson. Oh, absolutely. 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 I didn't and hate him and Fuller. Like, I like that a lot. And I also like Ward. I I like Ward. Yeah, you didn't know? Not a fan? I, I, I can't, I can't, you know, can't get behind Char, that. Chardavius Ward. Yeah, sure, not. Bro, just... So maybe it's because I was completely. Like the, the whole fucking Scandrick thing was like just put somebody else in there. Yeah, no, and, I was on that train. Uh, he got burnt against the Texans that first week, dude. But for me, he was always in position to make a play. He just mm-hmm. he just didn't. It. Then as time went on, I felt like he got continuously better. Yeah. No, I just and he did. No, he absolutely did. As the season rolled on, he, he got better and better, and which is expected if you've got the talent, which is right. seen. You know what I mean? You're just putting it in play now. But no, I've never been a Chardavious Warren type of guy, bro. I, I was. Last yeah. year. Maybe, and like I said, maybe it's just purely because I just wanted fucking Scantrick off the field. <laughs> so it's like, just put anybody out there. <laughs> Scantrick was cool like that one game. Like, yeah, like first couple game. games? Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah first couple games. about one game, and I kind of seen it. I'm like, all right, homie's like 32. And he's gonna... Yeah, so. So, my biggest problem probably on uh defense was isn't it really even corners it isn't i think we got safeties kind of uh i got i think we got a good depth of safeties with matthew uh bringing in Juan thornhill uh dimps or uh what the hell's his name the guy that got hurt watts watts dimps that's a 
which are going back a couple of years. Yeah, that's saying right. he's like first year. Right, right. Let me quit And Jordan Lucas, and not a huge fan of Clean Dan Sorensen, but uh, uh, but but I think we got depth there though. So so I don't worry about on that back end. Cornerbacks are going to be kind of still to be determined. We'll see about that. Obviously, you sound more uh, enthusiastic. I won't say enthusiastic, but you have a. I'm not as worried, probably as, as much as about the defensive backs as probably. So, so me neither. But where I'm coming from is the outside linebackers. But when when you bring up Lee and the guy from Cleveland, so you have a little bit more optimism than I do because it's kind of it comes from the thing I haven't seen these fucking guys play right. it's it's you know I, so I don't know exactly what their their potential is you bring those guys in it's like I'm not so much like I'm not a fan all right so I'm looking at the depth chart right now a uh, strong side is Damian Wilson uh he was played with Cowboys and he's never really jumped off the screen to me so I don't know right uh, your middle is Hitchens, and I'm cool with that. Me too, because he played good in Dallas when when they was in a four three. Right, so. and, and and your weak side linebacker is Reggie Ragland, and I'm a Reggie Ragland fan. I got to meet Reggie Ragland at the draft party this year, and I told him I was a fan. He was at Alabama. He was great in did, a four three. Did he respond? Was like you're the one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who started that Facebook page, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, so Reggie Ragland is. Is the truth for me uh, in the four three right now, uh, and then your backups are at a at a kid from the Chargers. Uh, he's your strong side backup behind Damian Wilson. Uh, your backup at middle linebacker is Neiman Ben Neiman. I like Neiman. Man, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Neiman guy. Yeah, I'm I a Neiman too. guy. I am too. And then uh, your backup at weak side is uh, Darren Lee, but. Overall, bro, like, because we're in a 4-3 now, I'm more worried about that pass rush coming from the, the line. Because that's where it's coming from. More, more often than not, it's coming from the line than it is the, the linebackers. Like, I'm more worried about the linebackers being able to cover. That that other end, that's not Frank Clark. Because you, cause you're not playing uh, Jones in the middle. You know what I mean? Or you're paying you're playing Jones, Jones in the middle. No, yeah. Uh, compared to when typically your your two defensive linemen are your guys who are are your pass rushers right. because now once you're out of that three four, your linebackers aren't the rushers that, that they once were. And before. your starter right now is a keeper on that other end of play. So that might be one of those things where they're like, okay, we know Jones is our pass rusher, right. and we know Clark is our pass rusher. Right. So, what it might be, dude. So obviously, like, not that they're going to mold our our defense after the what 2009 New York Giants or whatever it was, because right. we don't have the ends that they do. I think what you can kind of hope for at best is more of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Simeon Rice and Warren Sapp, which yeah, right. is kind of kind of approaching the the game that way compared right. to uh, what we was before, or kind of just what maybe you typically would think of a, a four three, just with the ends being uh, your pass rushers. I think they'll mix it up a lot too. I think you'll see Jones lining up on the defensive end spot in some in some situation. You know what I mean? And, right. And he's talented enough to do it. I agree because he. He's, 
He was pretty much our end last year. Even oh, though, right, even yeah. in three four, we're you're kind of on the inside, yeah, he but was still. still coming against that tackle, against that right tackle or left tackle, and making plays and whatnot. So, uh, but I just I hope our linebackers like I'm. That's the thing that has me worried the most on defense right now. That's my biggest question. Linebackers. Is the linebacker? No, that see that's where I came into the season because you have a bunch of unknowns. Like yeah. who who are these guys? Right. We know Hitchens. We know, yeah, and Hitchens, yep. and he's done nothing but struggle, though. Right. So because – and we all have that optimism because he did play in the 4-3 with Dallas, right. and it's kind of like, okay, I expect him to be better this year right. because he's going back to his natural position. But it's kind of like those outside linebackers I, I are love, up for fucking grabs, I love dude. Roger Ragland in that same boat as Hitchens, though, because uh, Reggie Ragland had his best seasons and most productive seasons in, in the 4-3 when he was at Alabama. That last year, I don't know if he came out as a junior or uh, senior or whatever, but that last year at Alabama, they switched to a 3-4. And that even hurt his draft status. Like, homeboy was, like, going to be a first-round pick. He fell to the second round of the Bills because they switched that 3-4, and he just didn't fuck. They just fit in a square peg in a round hole. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of uh... – Especially from that, that that middle linebacker standpoint of running the 3-4, dude, you're not going downhill. You're kind of more playing on the back of your feet, chasing after uh, running backs, line uh, tight ends, wide, even wide receivers in some instances. So it's just kind of – and that's not his game. And, like, you've always, you've always been like he's kind of the thumper type. Man. This is his last opportunity to prove it, man. Absolutely. But just kind of that, – that's where I am with Raglan. Like, this is your last opportunity to prove it. So, Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely a position that I'm going to be watching for the most. Like, I'm going to the training camp this year, and I'm going to be watching the linebackers and the linebacker drills and – so on and so forth, and I hope someone comes out of there and just, you know. Training camp, what day are you going? I don't know yet. <laughs> I think I'm going the first fucking the 28th, whatever the first Saturday is, I'm going up there. So. I think they start it off on a Saturday. Do, that, might the the that might be the first day. That might be the first day, yeah. Day, yeah, yeah that, that might be because, uh, to plug my own shit here, uh, because we have the training camp that week, I got my boy's uh, birthday the following week, and then we got Talking Dynasty is hosting event at Esports Bar, Kansas City. August tenth. August tenth. The game starts at seven p.m. What time are you kicking off? What time are you showing? I will probably be up there about six o'clock. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have a table, and I'll probably have like a merch table. We're gonna give some shit away for free, man. Just kind of get that that Talking Dynasty out, and just. We're going to get some hats made. I'm going to get some shirts made and even little shit as far as like stickers. Like, you know what I mean? Just just whatever, just type of swag that I can give out to people. So uh, whatever you do, make sure you are there August 10th, 7 p.m. We are watching the Chiefs play the game at Esports Park.